There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. In April of 2022, the Manassas Community Baptist Church of Blaine, Pennsylvania, hosted our King James Bible Conference. Pastor John Asquith, who is the pastor of the Black Creek Baptist Church in Black Creek, New York, was our guest speaker for three nights of conference. We've taken these messages and we've broken them into 15 podcasts, so that'll be three weeks, approximately 15 minutes per day, of King James Bible instruction and teaching. And Brother John deals with the history of the King James Bible. He deals with the authority of the King James Bible. And then lastly, he deals most of all, most importantly of all, I should say, He deals with what the King James Bible can do for you. And so I pray these messages are a help. I pray they're a blessing to each of you as you listen to the conference. Here's one of the differences with the English Bible. It pleased God to give the English a perfect Bible. Not because the English are better people. Okay? The Amish call us the English. They know we're not better. <laughs> they know that, all right? They, they can tell you stories all day long. We're not better, all right? <coughs> why? I don't know why. Partly because the English themselves are such a mixture of so many different groups of people. The English today, for example, my last name, Asquith, is an English name. But actually, Asquith is a Norse word for ash wood. Asquither. Why? Because at one time, the Vikings conquered the part of England that my people came from. And they called the area Asquither, for the ash wood. And so the people there who are descended from Vikings, living in England, pretty soon the Viking language and the old German language, the Saxon language, merged together into a new language called English. And so there it is. So, if you were to take my DNA, it'd be similar to Vikings, it'd be similar to some German people, it'd be similar to this, similar to that, where, you know, in other words, if we were dogs, you wouldn't pay much money for us. (laughs) We ain't purebred, all right? And, all right. So, the thing is, but regardless of that, it did please God to give the English a perfect Bible, and we're going to go into how that ever happened. Now, one of the things to understand, again, is that the Catholic Church ruled all of Europe. How did they rule it? They ruled it by appointing kings. Kings then could appoint some bishops, but popes would appoint cardinals. And they were all mixed together. And what the the Catholic Church would do was turn people over to a king to have them killed if they didn't agree with the Catholic Church. And they all mixed together like that. And there was only one place in Europe 
where if you didn't agree with the Catholic Church that you could go and you could be free. It was Spain. Why? Because the Muslims controlled Spain. They were called the Moors. There's a place in Africa called Morocco. Those Moors came and conquered the Iberian Peninsula, which is where Spain is, and for probably 700 years they ruled there. Under Catholic law, if you were Jewish or you were not Catholic, you died if you converted. There was no choice. Under Muslim law, if you were not Muslim, you could pay a tax and be free. You could live. And to be honest with you, I'm probably more into paying a tax than dying. All right? So what ended up happening was in Spain, for 700 years, a civilization existed there in which the Jews were free, copying their scriptures over, and the Anabaptists were free. The people who would not join the Catholic Church were free in that kingdom for 700 years. They kept the learning alive. They kept the scholarship alive. They kept all of that alive during that period of time. Meanwhile, what we think of today is the Spanish kept attacking and shrinking that kingdom. It didn't happen like overnight. It took over a hundred years. They'd take a little bit here, a little bit there. They kept attacking and shrinking that kingdom. In American history, it's important because we think of 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Why? Because Ferdinand and Isabella conquered the last place in Spain from the Muslims, and in celebration, they launched Columbus. Okay? So that's when the last Muslim kingdom of Spain died. That was a tragedy for two groups of people. It was a tragedy for the Jews, and it was a tragedy for the Baptists. It was a tragedy because now there's no place to go except that it was a place. Amen. Okay? This is how God works. We'll go back to England. England was a little backwater community in those days. Okay? You know, when, when you talk to somebody in Europe about coming to America, they think of New York City, Los Angeles, ah, you know, we want to go to these places. They don't think of Perry County. <laughs> All right, this isn't really what they're dreaming about when they're thinking of coming to America. And in those days, England was Perry County. Rome was Los Angeles. Cologne, Germany was New York City. Those were the places everybody wanted to go. England was a little backwater place. Had no, really no political power, no great military power, anything of the sort. But they had a couple things go on. One of them was they had a civil war going on that we call the War of the Roses. It's called the War of the Roses because two major royal families, the Lancasters and the Yorks, had a civil war. Like the Hatfields and McCoys had a civil war with each other. Who was going to be the king? Both of them had roses as their symbol. One a white rose, the other a red rose. So it's called the War of the Roses. It lasted a very long time and went on back and forth. And like most civil wars, there was places of lawlessness and things of that sort. There was a man by the name of John of Gaunt. His father had been a king. John of Gaunt owned 30 castles. Now that's something pretty powerful, okay? Down 30 castles. He was so powerful 
that if you were on his land, the king's word meant nothing. And that's how powerful he was. If you stepped onto his land, you could do this to the sheriff. <laughs> All right, he couldn't do anything to you. You're on his land. John of Gaunt was friends with a man by the name of John Wycliffe. Way down there, we have this board that talks about the Wycliffe Bible. This is from the year 1380, the Wycliffe Bible. If you lived in England in 1380, you would not have understood what people were saying because they spoke a language called Middle English. That's not Tolkien's Middle Earth, that's Middle English. All right? But... Similar language, but far more Germanic, okay? Far more Germanic in how it was spoken, and, uh, and even then they had hundreds of dialects all over England, just hundreds. If anybody's ever been to the Philippines and all the different dialects are there, it'd be very similar to that, okay? All these different dialects. It'd be like Indian languages. You, you know, here you might have spoken some Tuscarora, you might have spoke a little Shawnee, you might have spoke a little Iroquois or whatever else. All these different languages in England had all these different languages there. But Wycliffe wrote, and he took the Latin Bible and he translated much of it into Middle England. For that, he was condemned. Now, he ended up dying of old age, but 30 years later, they were so mad at him, they picked his body up and burned it, and then took the ashes and screwed him in the Avon River. They were so angry with him for, for having done that. And it's like a poet noticed that the Avon River took those ashes to the Atlantic Ocean and spread them through the world. Okay? And so did that Bible, okay? So the thing is, suddenly, here's this little Bible that very few people could read because very few people could read, okay? They didn't even know how to read. And when they did read, they're looking at English words, and if you've ever read some of that stuff, everything's spelled differently. It's like the British today. They spell the word tire, T-Y-R-E. We spell T-I-R-E, okay? Color, C-O-U-R. We, we leave the U up. But back then, everything was spelled very differently, strangely, and everything else because there was no standard for how to spell. You just sounded something. I don't spell it that way, all right? And so Wycliffe actually did that. And if you got caught with one of his Bibles, you burned at the stake for having it. So you can imagine, it's probably not something you put in a yard sale. All right? It's not something that you're going to put out there and you put on your mantelpiece. But what ended up happening was men began to pass them out, and then men began to do their own improvements in them. For about 150 years in England, Men would take their little Wycliffe Bible and they'd say, hey, I've got an old Latin manuscript, and they would sit and work on it. Now, some of you are familiar with how Wikipedia works, okay? Wikipedia, if you go on Wikipedia, it's, it's a user-supported and user-contribution. So if I go on Wikipedia and look something up, I'm never sure if it's exactly accurate because anybody can change Wikipedia. Okay? If I was going to look at Bible translations, I could say, hey, here's a mistake, and I could just go on there, change it, put down why I changed it, 
Later on, an editor might keep it, he might not keep it. That's why Wikipedia is a good place to start, but never a good place to settle, because it's always changing. Right. Stephen talks about one time in the military, they fooled a girl and uh, put something ridiculous in there, and she looked it up on the internet, what they, <laughs> what they wrote was so, you know. And, uh, you know, but the thing is, what the Wycliffe Bible was, where anybody that got a hold could translate their own Bible. And you say, well, that was a lot of chaos. Actually, for about 150 years, that Wycliffe Bible kept improving a little bit as different scholars would look at it and work on it in a labor of life. And then a miracle happened. The kingdom of Spain, that Moorish kingdom of Spain collapsed, and those scholars ran to John of Gaunt to England. They came to Perry County. They came to this backward island and found liberty there and stayed in those castles and these men could read Greek. These men could read Hebrew. These men didn't have to just read the old Latin. They could read these things and they began to labor and to put the word of God into those languages and into the English language back then that's Middle English but they also began to put it into the new language that was beginning to come out what we call modern English. Okay, and They began to put it into that and so what ended up happening was, was here's England, the backwater community, and suddenly it's ahead of uh, Germany, it's ahead of, uh, of Italy, it's ahead of all the places of scholarship. It has better scholars and better work going on in it than anywhere else because of John Agant giving freedom to these people. Those people then labored, and eventually a man by the name of William Tyndale came along about 150 years after Wycliffe. He did something that no one dared do before that. He signed his name. Okay? He signed his name. And it's called the Tyndale Bible. What was his reward for that? His reward was being strangled to death and then having his body burned. Okay? But... He's the first man to basically take that Wycliffe Bible, which had 150 years to be worked on by all these scholars, and finally he steps in after all that 150 years of work, and he takes all their work, and he completes it into that Tyndale Bible. And his last words were this, Lord, open the king of England's eyes. The king was Henry VIII, okay? Henry VIII was not a good man, okay? Some of the saddest things you'll ever read is his wife in front of him telling him, you know I was a virgin when we married. You're divorcing me for no cause. You know that I was a virgin. You're lying against me in this divorce. And he was not a good man okay, in any way, shape, or form. And he's the one that had Tyndale killed. But then later on, for his own selfish purposes, he became a Protestant. What was his selfish purposes? Catholic Church wouldn't let him get a divorce, so... He started a church that would. Isn't that convenient? All right? You know, how do you know it's the rules? Well, I wrote them myself. All right? So, when he did that, then people began to say to themselves, well, should we have a Bible or not? Now, meanwhile, England was an unusual place in this reason. Let me explain this to you. Many places became Protestant. For example, Holland and Belgium. What's one of the differences there? Both of them were called the, uh, they're both of them were colonies of the Spanish who had that area 
But the Spanish, when they rebelled against Spain, the Spanish were able to conquer back part of it, and that became Belgium. That stayed Roman Catholic. The parts the Spanish couldn't reconquer were Holland. Okay, uh, they were united very much with different people in German uh, Germany. Very united with different people in Switzerland. The Amish itself come out of that particular period of time. A, a, a Protestant group that came out and began to form under Joseph Ami, and they began to set up and to use a German Bible at that time, and so you had all these different. Uh, Protestant groups and everything that are going out there, but when Sweden, for example, would order everybody, you have to quit the Catholic Church, you have to become a Protestant now. Do you realize the first generation would sit there angry? Why? Because nobody likes change. That isn't the way we used to do holidays. That isn't the way we used to do church. I don't like it. Then when the kids grew up, they got used to it. The same happened in Germany, in the, in the uh, Prussian areas of Germany. The same things happened in Finland. The same things happened in, in Denmark. Those various places that went Protestant. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, you have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manassa Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth not. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.